I'm a card carrying Basie at this point. Ben Alomar, director of sports analytics at ESPN. Uh, just next to Big Poppy, be like, he's just one of us, man. <laughs> That's kind of a big deal and shows you a lot about the randomness of sports. Rick Peterson, longtime pitching coach for the major leagues. This is Warden Moneyball's post game podcast. Welcome to the Wharton Moneyball post-game podcast, your crash course of the major themes from our two-hour program, Wharton Moneyball, which airs live on Wednesday mornings at 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. I'm your host of the Wharton Moneyball post-game podcast, Professor Adi Weiner, and I was in the studio this past Wednesday with my colleagues, Cade Massey and Eric Bradlow. I'm a professor in the Department of Statistics at the Wharton School of Business, and I'm here today to break down the week's top takeaways. In the studio, well, not live in the studio, but by telephone in the studio, we had two guests this past week. We had Rick and Keel, the great former Major League pitcher and subsequently outfielder with the St. Louis Cardinals who played for a number of teams, very famous for having been the number one draft pick, regarded as a super prospect, a phenomenon. And uh, he, of course, had a terrific opening season, rookie year, and he collapsed, developing what they call the yips, and um, wasn't able to successfully pitch, although he tried for a number of years. And then he remade himself into an outfielder. So a great story. He has a new book out called The Phenomenon, Pressure, the Yips, and the Pitch that Changed My Life. And we enjoyed a terrific interview with Rick and Keel. Our second guest was Ben Hansen. Ben Hansen also is related to Major League Baseball. He is the chief technological officer of a company called Modus, which is the developer of a product, uh, Modus Baseball, which is a sleeve that pitchers put on their arms or actually around their whole body, which using ergonomic sensors tracks the motions and it can uh, measure the stress placed on various different tendons, muscles, shoulders, and it's used to track the performance of professional athletes, pitchers in particular, not only during the game, but also in their practice. And we enjoyed a, a nice interview with Ben Hansen. So our first clip is a clip with Rick and Keel, where he's talking a little bit about what happened when he realized that um, things were taking a turn for the worst and things were just not what they had been. You know, I threw a pitch, I threw an inside fastball, and when I threw an inside fastball, it, it had a tendency to cut. And it really wasn't that bad of a pitch, but it cut and the catcher missed it. And I remember thinking, you know, to myself, man, I just threw a wild pitch on national TV. And I didn't think much of it. I brushed it away and, and just kept going. Well, a couple pitches later, I ended up spiking a curveball, and then all of a sudden I start launching balls off the backstop. And I had no idea why. And up to that point, even before that game, I mean, I was nervous, but the regular nerves you would have starting a playoff game, it wasn't as if I had some anxiety. I didn't even know what the word anxiety meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and when this was happening, I was so young, I really didn't understand what was going on. I remember saying to the media after the game, hey, it's a mechanical flaw. This will never happen again. I'll be fine. And then between that game and the next game of the playoffs where I started, I threw a bullpen session and I was lights out, pinpoint mm-hmm. control. And I thought to myself, whatever that was, it's gone. I don't know what it was, but it's done. I'm done with it. It doesn't matter. And then we move into the game where I pitched against the Mets. And then the you know the game starts, and the same thing started to happen. And after that game, that's when I knew, okay, there's something wrong here, and it's not just a mechanical glitch. So that's a great story. He opens by telling us about uh, the first pitch that almost basically altered the trajectory of his life. He threw a cutter to a non-ordinary catcher, who, and the cutter is a, a pitch that 
kind of breaks late. This is the pitch that made Mariano super famous and super great. It's almost a mystical pitch. You don't really know why or how it breaks in the way it does, but it, it has this sort of last second movement, which was so undetectable and unpredictable for Mariano. And clearly it was a great pitch for Rick Ankeel, and it moves slightly out of the strike zone and the last second. And the, the catcher who wasn't used to backing up, Ankeel kind of missed it. And that triggered something psychologically and the next pitch was a a curveball thrown in the dirt and that just seemed to spiral him off into something that was just undescribable but essentially ruinous and he thought it was mechanical so the next start he he pitched in the bullpen everything looked terrific but then he realized when he went out there and he wasn't finding the strike zone again that it wasn't mechanics because you take away the pressure and he threw great put him in the game and things just completely fell apart what's amazing about rick what i think is amazing about rick is that he managed to remake himself as an outfielder and that transition is is as close as it can be to being great at two different sports pitching in baseball and playing a position in baseball obviously it's the same sport but they're so different in skill that to go from one to the other or vice versa from pitcher to, to outfielder outfielder pitcher is an incredibly huge transition it's pra- it's not exactly but it's relatively close to going from say football to baseball so 2005 um and you're exactly right what it took to to throw strikes mentally from the time i woke up to the time i went to sleep i just felt like it wasn't worth it so i walk in tony's office and you know we have that discussion i say listen i can't do it anymore well um you know an hour an hour later i'm at home on my couch i got a call from my agent scott Bork, and he says hey are you ready to go play (laughs) go play what is nobody listening to me i just told you um and he says no go 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 try to be an outfielder i was like wait a second I need some, let me think about this. I just fell out of love with the game. It took everything I had to walk in there and, and say I can't do this anymore and understand that I was giving up the only dream that I ever want. And so I hang up. I think four or five hours go by. And I'm laying there and I'm trying to visualize what this is going to be like, what it's what it'll take to make it back, the extra work, everything about it, the feelings, the emotions, everything that I think that's going to come with it. And then I let myself visualize myself hitting a home run back in the big leagues as an outfielder. And once I felt that and had that vision, I picked up my phone and called Scott back, and I said, I'm in 100%. Rick was game. Game to give it a try. Now, I think you have to recognize he was a good hitter, almost a great hitting pitcher, and uh, that gives him the idea that maybe he can do this. He also, of course, was a highly regarded, I mean, supernatural athlete of any type. And, you know, there's a certain sense that uh, athletes have that they can do anything. And so he was game to give it a shot. Our next clip with Rick talks a little bit about his connections with a psychologist. So my hope was, all right, I'm just going to get away from the game for a couple months. And, you know, when I come back, I hopefully I'll be myself again to be normal. And, you know, unfortunately, the thing that I found was once I did start to throw again leading up to that, that was in 2000 when, you know, the pitch, first pitch started. And in 2001 leading up to that season, what I found is it was in deeper and darker than it ever was before. Mm-hmm. And, and once that happened, you know, even through that entire off season, Scott Boris, my agent, was trying to get me to talk to Harvey Dorfman. Um, who was a sports psychologist that he had on staff. And I just, you know, at the beginning, I felt like you talked to him. I don't need him. Um, I'm going to figure this out on my own. I got this. And then once I started to play catch, I understood, you know, I don't know what to do. And and it's not fixing itself. And and then I made the call to, to Boris and said, hey, let's get connected with Harvey. One of the things that Rick did tell us later in the interview, and you should listen to the full interview, it's on SoundCloud, 
is uh, he eventually did get back to pitching in the major leagues and did pitch until about 2004 with the help of the psychologist. And he ended up quitting because it was just too much pressure. It was too hard work. He wasn't enjoying the game, as he mentioned earlier. And so he decided to hang up his cleats. And that's when Scott Boris called him and said, let's give it a shot maybe as an outfielder. And that's what he he did do. He, when he did come up as a pitcher in about 2000, he came back as an outfielder about five years later, he ended up having a 13-year-long career, and one of the questions that Kate asked him, and we'll, we'll hear a clip in a second, has to do with the transition from baseball in the early aughts, which didn't have any sense of analytics playing any role until when he retired in, in uh, 2013, where analytics just seemed to be the latest and greatest craze. And so Kate asked him, well, what do you think about that? So let's hear his answer. You know, it really started to come in, I felt like, towards the end of my career there. Um, it probably kicked me out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there's definitely a place for it. I mean, there, you know, you can see the numbers and you see how things turn out. Um, you know, for me as a player, sometimes the, the shifts are a little strange to me. Not all. I mean, I understand some of them. Some of them are strange. But it is what it is. There's, there's definitely a part in the game um, – that it that it helps. I mean, it definitely helps quantify things, and uh, it's interesting. And I think it's fun. It's fun to look at it from both sides. I love that remark about having kicked him out of the game. One of the things that analytics does is it gets you away from looking at the player on the field, looking at traditional numbers. And what Rick was, I think, alluding to is that in many respects, even in 2013, he looked good. He played decent fields, super strong arm, hit home runs, batting average was decent. And what he's saying was the advanced measures of quality pretty clearly showed he just wasn't worth paying any money to. And that's why he referenced that it probably kicked him out of the game. All right, let's change gears slightly. Staying in baseball, we're going to listen to Ben Hansen have a few remarks. He launched the first version of his sleeve in 2014, and now he's got about three years of data. And uh, let's listen to him talk a little bit about his product. So we launched our first version of the wearable sleeve called Emthro in 2014, and it was approved for in-game use in 2015. It's actually the first ever wearable product allowed in, uh, in Major League Baseball. So we now have three years of in-game data, and we're starting to really understand what's causing some of the injuries. And we also have done a, a research study with the NCAA level where teams actually share their injury data with us. Sometimes you have to comb the injury reserve lists for MLB, and it gets a little dicey. But what we've found are kind of two mechanisms at play. One is uh, we, we think people need to essentially throw more to protect their arms at times. And we also think that teams are just making some uninformed decisions in regards to putting pitchers in f fatigued scenarios. Okay, so they have this product, the Modus Baseball, and it's a sleeve, and this measures the forces on the arm. It also allows them to aggregate and collect data over a quite long period of time. And he mentions that he, he believes he has a conclusion. I don't know how valid it is scientifically. And one is is that you actually uh, you can overthrow and you can measure that and you can see when you're putting enormous stress on an arm that potentially has been fatigued too much. He also mentions that chronic pressure or chronic wear is actually a good thing. It helps helps you protect against damage when you are acutely stressed. So the basic idea is throw really hard, but not super hard a lot, so that when you do throw super hard, your arm and tendons and muscles have the ability to withstand that force. So let's hear another clip from Ben, and he's talking a little bit about motion capture. You know, I guess there's a handful of very forward-thinking teams, and 
I think they're all out there searching for their, their magic formula, but some teams are, are better geared at handling that scalability of technology. And also, I think motion capture, the traditional lab, had a lot of, you, know, you have to put markers on, you have to strip down to compression shorts, kind of like a real-life scene out of Bull Durham. And so I think wearables have made this a lot easier now so that teams don't have to have their own motion capture lab. They can bring a company like Modus that has sensors now that can do pretty much all of what you could do with a standard motion capture lab. And for those that don't know what a motion capture lab is, it's that same technology they use to make video games or animations. Have you ever seen Gollum or uh, how The Matrix was filmed or any kind of video game? So that explains one of the one of the reasons why this is a great product um, proliferating throughout baseball, probably will proliferate down to the minors, the colleges, even high schools, because it takes an enormous amount of cameras and lots of sensors, and it replaces them all with just one product, and um, you can track it on your iPhone. So our last clip from Ben Hansen talks a little bit about the number one problem facing pitchers, which is the rupture of the UCL, which is then repaired using something called Tommy John surgery. Surgery, which allows a pitcher to have a second career after what ordinarily would have been a career-ending rupture. The sleeve itself contains it's called an inertial measurement unit. It's a 3D sensor placed right below the UCL. So you've heard, you hear about Tommy John surgery. That's the surgery done to correct uh, when someone tears their ulnar collateral ligament or their UCL. So when that UCL ruptures, usually due to, again, just buildup of micro tears and, and too much force, that needs to be Fixed. And so anyways, we, we can measure the direct forces on that UCL with a sleeve, something called valgus torques. Every throw a pitcher makes, we measure the acceleration and the forces on that elbow. And we can tally up all the forces and start to measure workload on a pitcher's arm. Well, every statistician desperately needs data, and that's what's happening with this modus. It allows them to measure exactly how much force is being placed on the arm, and they can track that over time. At any level, you can break it down to maximum, minimum, total, average. Uh, you can integrate. You can do things with that data and hopefully correlate it and understand what causes the UCL to rupture and potentially create exercises that prevents them from rupture, prevent a pitcher from getting too much work, which might lead to excess uh, damage. And we'll see all these developments, how they play out down the line. So that concludes another edition of the Wharton Moneyball postgame podcast. If you want to hear the full show, it's available for download on SoundCloud and on the Apple Store under Podcasts. Don't forget to check out Wharton Moneyball live every Wednesdays every Wednesday mornings from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Sirius XM's business radio channel 111. Please join us next week for another edition of the Wharton Moneyball postgame podcast. And until then, to quote Cade, enjoy your sports, but don't forget to enjoy your statistics. Statistics.